Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There are only two places for your attention ever to be, either on the task at hand or the person in front of you. Those are the only two places to have your attention. Like people say, Adam, you're so confident. I, no, I'm not confident. No, I'm not afraid either. I'm just focused on the other person. If you just focus on connecting, if you don't have a connection, nothing happens. So my attention in any situation, connect with the other person. Hello and welcome to the Not Perfect Podcast. My name is Poppy Jamie, a recovering perfectionist and the founder of award-winning mindfulness app, Happy Not Perfect. Like the app, this show is about hitting pause and taking time to look after our mind and soul. In this series, I explore how we can make life better in 2020. How can we reduce stress, enjoy life, bounce back from setbacks and get in flow? My guests will be sharing their expert advice and I hope you join me on the journey. Our theme music is courtesy of Mindstream. Visit mindstream.com to learn more about how their music and environments help you sleep, relax, focus and move or find their music on any streaming platform. Let's crack on with the show. So on today's show, I have an extremely special guest. And I know I say that a lot, but really, this week's guest is someone who has really changed my life over the past two years. He is a man called Adam Robinson. He's the co-founder of the Princeton Review, author, speaker, thought leader, and personal advisor to the largest hedge funds in the world. And we have a very funny story of how we met. I was lying in the bath listening to a podcast, Tim Ferriss was the host, and he was interviewing Adam, and I lay there and I thought, oh my gosh, I need to meet this man. And I've never had that much of a reaction from listening to something. And so I hopped out and I found Adam on Twitter. And again, I really don't use Twitter. I certainly don't stalk people on Twitter. And I stalked him, I tweeted him, and within 24 hours, uh, we were meeting up for coffee and we spent four hours together. And I remember having to go and lie down afterwards because my brain was just filled with all these ideas and just that feeling of exploding with thoughts. I actually can't wait just to crack into this week's interview. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to exploding a lot of heads out there. (laughs) And, you know, I'm really excited because I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Okay, great. Firstly, what does advising the largest hedge funds mean? So I I guess you'd call me the consigliere to the heads of very large hedge funds. I use game theory to predict global markets. So whether it's stocks or bonds or currencies and the philosopher-economist John Maynard Keynes said, successful investing is anticipating the anticipation of others. 
right? Figure out what they're going to figure out, but figure it out before they figure it out. <laughs> and so that's what I do. I, everyone trying to look at the world and figure it out, and I'm behind them figuring out what they're thinking. <laughs> so that's what I do. I get into their heads, and I know when they want to buy and sell before they know it. Yeah. And what do you think has helped you with that skill set? Well, I've spent my life thinking about thinking, and the world has always been something out there, something that was too complex to really understand, but you could get into people's minds. And, you know, everything from the Princeton Review, right? That was my getting into the minds of students and the test makers. And how can I perform better on a test by thinking better? And if you think about it, that's our results in life are based on our thinking, what we think about ourselves, what we think about the world, what we think about others. Actually, Einstein said, the world out there is the product of our thinking. And we can't change the world until we change our thinking, which is huge, such a huge insight. And there are ways to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't wait to ask you some questions about how you change your thinking, because you're right. I feel there's a lot of conversation out there right now where we talk about these ideals. We all kind of know what's good for us. But I think the real struggle is, why are we not doing the things that are good for us? Right. The podcasts always start off with my three main questions. What is your favorite quote at the moment? My favorite quote is by Charlie Munger, who is Warren Buffett's lifelong best friend and business partner. So this is a 95-year-old. He still goes to work every day. Everyone knows he's a genius. And he said, take a simple idea and take it seriously. And that's the secret to success about anything. Why is that the secret to success? Take a simple idea and take it seriously. What do you mean by that? Okay, Domino's. Domino's Pizza was founded on one simple idea. People who want pizza want pizza now, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, how many foods do you have and you want it now? And actually, if you think about it, when you want pizza, you want it now, and you don't, as long as it's decent, you don't even care. Mm. And so it was a billion-dollar company based simply on, we're going to get you pizza in 30 minutes or less, or it's on us. Mm. There's a simple idea. Just that. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All wisdom is very simple. So when Munger said, take a simple idea and take it seriously, that's really hard to do. I'm going to segue from that to one of my other favorite quotes by Bruce Lee, one of the greatest martial artists ever, some say of all time. And he said, 
I don't fear the man who's practiced 10,000 kicks once. I fear the man who's practiced one kick 10,000 times. And it's interesting, when I, when I ask people about that, and I say, why would Bruce Lee fear that guy? Always the response is, well, that guy got really good at one kick. Like, watch out. That's actually not why. Bruce Lee feared the man behind that. Think about the willpower required to do one thing 10,000 times. Someone who has that kind of discipline, that's a person to watch out for. So whatever it is, pick an idea and just own it. Ooh, take that on a micro level Yes. in someone's life. Mm-hmm. Can you give us an example of taking an idea and focusing on that? In, like in a personal way kind yes. of thing? Yes. Okay, here's a simple idea. The quality of your time. That's so important. In fact, there's nothing more important. First time I ever met Warren Buffett. It was with a group of 10 people. And he was telling us how important time was in his life. And he showed us his daily planner. And his daily planner was literally two inches by one inch. I kid you not. And he flipped the pages and they were all empty. <laughs> his daily planner had nothing in it. Because what does he do? He reads all day long. That's all he does. And he's looking for ideas and companies. And so he's looking for a company that's really good at a price that he can get and very specific parameters. Buffett said in his whole life, in anyone's life, you should be given a card. And on that card, you're allowed 20 decisions. That's it. Who are you going to get married to? That's one of the decisions. (laughs) Where you're going to live, that's another decision. Really, it comes down to a few key decisions in your life and make those carefully around a simple principle or two. So, to go back, I spent my time with lots and lots of people all the time. So, friends would say, hey, we're having a party. You want to come? And I'd say, sure. That sounds, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's do that. And I realized that the time I was spending with everyone, I wasn't spending with my dear hearts, Mm. the people that really mattered. You got to think about that. You have a limited amount of time and the time you spend, who do you want to spend it with and the quality of your Mm. time? And so I decided that I would only spend time one-on-one or two-on-one. In other words, three of us or two of us, that I would not spend time with more than three people, ever, unless it was a birthday or a special event. Like, Poppy, you're receiving some award. And I go, okay, I'll show (laughs) up for that. Okay, Poppy. There aren't too many of those, so (laughs) don't worry, Adam. We can keep your two to three three rule. (laughs) And, and And even a birthday, I'll show up for the birthday boy or girl, give them a hug and a present. And, and if I can't find someone to have a one-on-one conversation with, I leave. My time is just too valuable. And that's true not just for me. I'm not saying because I'm a special person. It should be true for everyone. Here's a concept, the notion of elixirs and poisons. And elixirs are anything that you love to be around. And it could be, for example, coffee is an elixir for me. I love coffee. I love certain dance music. I love roomy poetry. I love uh, a baby giggling. I love a dog 
trying to take a toy away from me. I love rain. I love the sound of rain. I love ideas. So an elixir is anything that energizes you. It might be a person, an idea, a taste, anything. And poisons are anything else. And I told a friend this, and she said, why is it so binary? What about neutrals? There must be a lot of neutrals in the world. I said, no, neutrals don't exist. They take up the place of an elixir. If I'm with a neutral, I could have been with an elixir. Wow. Why the heck would I want to be with a neutral? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, so, well, it's, so you're kind of saying someone either makes you better or they make you worse. Well, they don't make you worse, but and I don't want to say they don't make you better. They amplify you. So they either energize you or they kind of... Well, no, they either energize you or you could have been with someone who could have energized you. Mm. What the heck am I doing here? So surely the next step to kind of gaining that awareness of just actually taking stock of who in your life energizes you or who just doesn't do anything, does that then result in having kind of a culling session? Very much so. It's so funny (laughs) you put it. Yeah, and it's one you'll have a lot of fun with. Well, I don't know, but also quite a lot of stress with maybe. Okay, so here's the thing. You have only a limited amount of time Mm. really in your life. And you're going to spend it with, right? I mean, the time you and I are spending today, right now, this is a delicious hour. I can't think of anything I'd rather do. And I make sure of it. I organize my life so that whatever I'm doing, I'm maximizing the juiciness, the, the pleasure, the joys I get out of it. Do you get worried about upsetting people? No. Why would I upset them? So it's so funny you should say that, you know, because you're right. There's a calling. And... Think about it. You have people who love you and people maybe who don't. And that's okay, right? And the people who love you are going to want what's best for you. And so, for example, if a dear heart called me up and said, Adam, let's have dinner tomorrow night. And I said, ah, I'd love to, but I'm doing this. They'd they'd go, wow, that's so cool. You're so lucky. When can we meet? But they'd be happy that I was happy with whatever I was doing. Right. And, you know... This is so important. You have to be sure that the other person is an elixir for you. Mm. You don't want to just be an elixir for everyone else. We were talking about that the other day, you know, and it's really easy to fall into that trap where somebody wants to see you because you're their elixir. But that doesn't mean they're your elixir. And it should be two-way. Yeah. And, And you need to be ruthless about that. You need to be ruthless about Who are the elixirs? Who and what are the elixirs in your life? And once you anchor on that, it's real clear what you got to do with your days. You know, some friends will say, hey, you want to meet us at the pub? And and you go, you know what? I'd love to, but I want to read roomy poetry tonight or whatever it is that really gives you pleasure. Getting rid of the shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. Yeah. And just the eh. Like, no, if it's not electric, Okay, this is the truth, Poppy. Every day when I wake up, I can't wait to get out of my apartment to find out what magic is going to happen because I'm in search of elixirs and I know it's going to happen. Like think of, you know, your birthday Mm -hmm. and you know that day, like you're going to be surprised and delighted, right? Your friends are going to show up with flowers or presents and Just throughout the day, you're going to be delighted. You don't know from what direction. And every day is like that for me. I want to break that down further because 
This is one of the first things you taught me. It feeds into that saying, which I've been thinking a lot recently, (laughs) energy flows where your focus goes. Mm. You have written this incredible book, and one of the concepts in this book is Mm. this, look for magic and you will find it. But can you kind of explain what kind of magic you mean? Okay, see, I don't know. And so, so by the way, magic, I don't mean in some kind of vague sense. It's tangible and hard to put into words, but you'd recognize it. And so, you know that show, it was in the States. I don't know whether it was ever here, Punked. Yeah. Do you remember that show? Yeah. So those of you who don't know, it's, you MTV. know. MTV. MTV. Vintage. And, and, right, vintage MTV and <laughs> vintage like <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vintage. <laughs> um, so in that show, um, practical jokes were played on people. Yeah. Right? And they were good natured, but like practical jokes. You knew the person was going to be set up and some joke was going to happen. And I literally go around expecting the universe to punk me in a good way. Every day I'm expecting, okay, when's it going to happen? I could be in an elevator with an elderly couple. And I go, wow, maybe this is where the magic happens. And I'll strike up a conversation because you never know. And I make sure whatever I'm doing in the moment, I'm fully present for that because I'm expecting magic. And by magic, I mean coincidences. I mean Mm. things that become business ventures and all sorts of things that happen. And you can control that. I talked about this with Tim Ferriss. Um, My hero back in the day was a guy named Bobby Fischer, who was a chess player. And he was my hero. And this is before he won the world championship. And I had, by myself, studied all of his games and had known them by heart. And Bobby Fischer, before he won the world championship, was not known. When he won the world championship, he was the most famous person in the world. Number two was Muhammad Ali, to give you an idea, back in the day. Wow. So imagine I'm with my mother on Easter Sunday, and I told my mother I was going to spend it with her. I was in New York City, a crowded Easter Sunday, beautiful spring day. And I'm walking with my mother towards Central Park. And out of the corner of my eye, in a crowd, I spot Bobby Fischer, who was my hero. So what are the odds that the one person, by the way, you don't know this, he was a recluse then. That would be like spotting Bigfoot. You just never saw him. And there he was out of the corner of my eye. And I said, Mom, I will see you later. That's my hero. That's Bobby Fischer. And I ran through traffic. I mean, I was dodging cars because I thought, He's going to disappear in a crowd. Like, what are the odds that that would happen? And the thing is that that's happened so many times in my life. That was all magic. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, actually, I can make that happen all the time if you're leaning in, expecting it. Mm. I talked about this with Tim Ferriss. I I was with, you may remember the, the movie The Mask. There was a little dog in that movie, and I knew the owner. And we were walking down 6th Avenue in New York City, And every time someone from the other direction approached, the dog would stop and look up at the person expecting to get petted. Because this dog was a Hollywood A-list dog. (laughs) Life for him was people petting him and adoring him. So whenever anyone approached, he expected to be petted and loved and adored. He leaned into each moment and every encounter expecting to be adored. Didn't always. That didn't stop him. He just 
kept expecting it. And so if you live your life, it's really like an adventure. Not like an adventure. It is an adventure. It's the best kind. So I love this idea that, you know, the story of this dog expecting that he's going to be loved and adored. And so Mm -hmm. as a consequence, he finds more experiences of that because he's looking for it. I would say that as a human being, we majority of us have not had that experience to expect Mm -hmm. love and adoration. I would say actually the opposite. I Mm -hmm. kind of maybe have more of a tendency to worry that, I don't know, probably the exact opposite from that dog. And I would say that... What are your thoughts on that? Like, how do we expect more positive things? Because we are wired to have an 80% negative bias. So our evolutionary roots would suggest that we actually look for threat and danger because we want to remain safe. Sure. You mentioned earlier focus. Mm -hmm. And there are only two places for your attention ever to be, either on the task at hand or the person in front of you. Those are the only two places to have your attention. Like people say, Adam, you're so confident. I, no, I'm not confident and I'm not afraid either. I'm just focused on the other person. If your attention is totally on someone else, then you're not thinking about yourself. You're not even thinking about what they're thinking about. And in fact, if you ever have a negative emotion, and it doesn't matter whether it's anger or boredom or anxiety, or, or anxiety anything, it's just a, a reminder, shift your attention either to the task at hand or the person in front of you. And if you do that, you can train yourself to do it. And I can't tell you what doors it it opens magically. And fear disappears. Anxiety, it has to. You train yourself to do it. It's not something you do like overnight. But every time an anxiety arises... So let's say, let's take a simple example. Let's say you're going for a job interview. Mm-hmm. That's a situation people have been in, right? That's a yeah. practical, everyday situation. Most people, what do you think their goal is when they go to the job interview? To get the job, right? They yeah. think it's an interview, right? Yeah. If I were going, my only goal would be to connect with the other person and create fun and delight for that person. That's it. You go, well, Adam, what about the job? Look, there are only two possibilities. You either connect with that person or you don't. Mm. If you don't, you're not getting the job. If you do, they'll want you to have the job. They'll want to be around you. And if you're not right for the job, they'll go, well, you're not right for this job, but want to go out to lunch? Or, you know what? You're not actually right for this position, but my friend started a company. They're looking for people. If you just focus on connecting, that's really kind of the key to life is you just work on connecting with the other person and then see what happens. If you don't have a connection, nothing happens. So my attention in any situation, connect with the other person. It doesn't matter whether I'm at a checkout line um, and I'm talking to someone who happens to be next to me or on an airplane and I got seven hour flight. 
I'll always look to connect with the other person. <laughs> the seven-hour flight. <laughs> Do you not find that people go, oh, no, I can't connect because otherwise oh. they're going to be... <laughs> oh, wait, wait, oh, wait, wait, I'm just saying, look, I don't, mean, wait, I don't mean connect for seven hours. Wait a second, I, I didn't mean that. Yeah. And you need to be able, obviously, you might try to connect with someone and go, uh-oh, I don't want to connect with this person. And so you find graceful ways to, like, exit. Why? Right. Because we're in search of elixirs, mm. and I won't ever spend much time with someone that isn't an elixir for me. How do you then react, let's say, if you're wanting to connect mm -hmm. uh, with this desire for delight and fun, mm -hmm. which is so brilliant, but what about if you feel then rejected? Wait, if you feel rejected, where's your attention? On the other person. No, it's on you. Oh. I just got rejected. Attention is misplaced. <laughs> Should be on the other person or the task at hand, not yourself. Well, what about if the other person just walked off? What do you mean? So you're trying to connect. Okay. And then, then just walk off. Well, so well, you know what I would be doing? I'd be in search of an elixir. Like, why? <laughs> I, that, I don't have any time to be feeling rejected. Are you kidding mm. me? This is a reflex. You can train yourself to do it. Onto For, the next. Mentality. Onto the next. Like, like yeah. Immediately, I I'm on the pro. I don't have any time to waste on this person. Yes, I love this. It's it's really just a reflex, and you go okay on to the next, like that little dog Max. He it's, didn't mind if someone didn't pet him. No, because he's like okay, the next person will. Like yeah. oh yeah, there are lots of people who are gonna pet me. I'm just pettable, and that's a key thing. When you're looking for anything. When you're, say, looking for love, you're not being lovable. Ooh. And how could you be? You're looking for love. Like, what's lovable about that? I'm not interested in your looking for love. But if you're lovable, then I'm real interested. I'll give you a perfect example of this, actually. Someone I know, uh, uh, one of my dear hearts, was a couple of Christmases ago, was in a lot of, she's just bad, bad way. Mm. And the, you know, the holiday season, that bring, brings it out in people and, so anyway, she's pouring her heart out to me and she's spectacular in every sense. Gorgeous, smart, lovely, everything. But she doesn't have a boyfriend. She's this and that. And she's just talking about her life. And I said, this is the day before Christmas. Do you know anyone in need? And she thought for a second. She said, yes, I do. I said, I mean in real need. It doesn't matter what the age is. And she said, Yes, I do. And I said, and they're here in New York. She said, yes. I said, I want you to pick one of them. Go take care of that person today. I found out like a week later, I said, who'd you take care of? And she said, I, I, was, I was just too upset. I didn't, I couldn't. She was so caught up in herself and in her pain. I'd actually shown her the way out. The way out was go take care of someone. And if she had done that, she would have escaped the pain. And maybe on the way there, in escaping the pain, she would have met someone that who knows what would have happened. Yeah. It's as simple as that. But she couldn't even take that step. And that's her own choice. That's her choice. She could have taken care of someone. And she's a good person. But that was her choice. She wanted to stay in her pain. Can you tell me more about questions? Because one thing that I have really taken a lot from is when you've educated me about the questions you're asking. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by everybody's asking a question? 
about a year ago, I was just curious, what are people interested in learning how to do? Mm -hmm. So I type in to Google, I type in, how can I learn? And I, I wanted to see what it would autocomplete, you know, how it like makes suggestions. Yeah. And this aggregates basically the what the entire world is searching well, for and the yes. most popular searches. Exactly. So I type in, how can I learn to, and the answers stunned me. In the drop-down menu. In the drop-down menu. So I'll tell you, number one, I'm just doing this from memory. Number one was, how can I learn English? Okay. Number two, I thought was kind of cute. How can I learn English faster? <laughs> number three, I'm going to skip. Number four, I think, was how can I learn Spanish? Mm -hmm. Number five was how can I learn, I think it was German. Then another one was how can I learn um, sign language? It was interesting they were all languages, mm -hmm. communication, which is interesting. And one was, oh, I thought it was kind of cute. How can I learn to sing? It was number three that blew me away. Number three was how can I learn to love myself? Yeah. I mean, you got to let that sink in. That's really sad. Well, I mean, that demonstrates we're in a global epidemic of fully not understanding how exactly. to love ourselves. Okay, that sent me on a journey. And the journey, and I thought, wow, imagine people are going to Google. They are so lonely and empty and there's something wrong with me. Mm. So I type in the next question. I, I wanted to anchor on feelings. So I typed in, why do I feel so? Number one was tired. Number two was sad. Number three, I think, was uh, lonely. Number four, alone. Number five, bloated, which is yeah. interesting because uh, there are a lot of eating disorders which stem from all the other problems. Mm -hmm. Number six was like um, depressed. Number seven was empty. That's, that's psychological. That's like existential depression, mm -hmm. empty. Uh, and so on. Number one, I said, was tired. That's a euphemism for depression. Mm. When men certainly, and many women, they're not aware of what depression is. So if you ask them, are they, they depressed? They go, well, no, I'm not depressed. I just don't feel like doing anything. I, don't, I just don't have any energy. I want to sleep all the time. Mm. But it's depression. And then I typed in, remember, we have our view of ourselves, but we also look out at the world. And if you type in, why is everyone else so, it's just going to break your heart. Remember, everyone's looking at themselves inwardly thinking, why am I so depressed and alone and empty? And this is going to just blow your mind. If you type in, why is everyone else pretty? Why is everyone else skinny? Why is everyone else in a relationship but me? Mm. Why is everyone more perfect but me? So everyone inwardly is sad, lonely, empty, and thinks everyone else is perfectly jolly and happy. God, and we're living in such a delusion, aren't we? Think about the heartbreak of that. Think about the person who types into Google, how can I learn to love myself? That person doesn't even have anyone else they can turn to. They might even have like a best friend, but you can't ask your best friend, how can I learn to love myself? Because you think, wow. And after all, your best friend is perfect. Think about the rallying cries, the beautiful Freddie Mercury, and, you know, we are the champions. You know, that sounds lovely, but when you look out at the world, everyone thinks everyone else is the champion. Like, why is everyone else a champion but me? Like, it just underscores, I'm not the champ. I feel awful. 
and everyone's asking, what's wrong with me? And everyone's asking that. And no one's talking about it. C.S. Lewis said, a friendship is born the moment one man looks to another and says, what? You too? Imagine the catharsis in here in the UK and around the world if people just said, whoa, you mean you're lonely too? I thought it was just me. And if you go to Google, you see it's everyone. Like my friend was feeling that and I told her what to do. Go take care of someone. She was in a cell of her own construction. And I kicked open the cell door and said, there's the, there's the exit if you want to go out. But no, she's still in her cell. And I, you know, I care about her, but I can't, you know, she, that's her choice. And so, and I know the pain. I, I know the people who are listening to this. I have dealt personally with depression on a level, you know, it took my father's life. I mean, it, yeah. so I say that. So when I say it, it sounds like I'm really cheery and stuff. I've been through hell. Everyone has. Because you were in hospital growing up. Oh, listen, I was in the hospital for two and a half years. Bedridden, I couldn't move for two and a half years. Think about it. Between the ages of four and six and a half. I'm not going to get into it. My child was like right out of Dickens, like my stuff. Yeah. And, and so, but everyone, everyone has their, every, it's tough for everybody. Life is tough. And you know what? We all know people in, in, in pain and we want to do something like they're, they've lost a loved one. You know, they're in a lot of pain um, or they're suffering and they just broke up with their boyfriend or whatever. Or you get a someone who just feels totally useless. I'm not, I don't, I'm not good to anybody. We know people like that. Sometimes we feel like that ourselves. And here's the thing. If you know someone like that, go ask that person. Don't give them help. Ask them for help. Make something up. You know, your instinct, and it's a loving instinct, is to go take care of that person. And the way for that person out is to take care of you, paradoxically. <laughs> so you go to that sure. person and go, you know what, I, I, I need some help. I got to paint my apartment. I met a new bloke and, and, and I want him to see my apartment in a really nice way. So could you come over and help me paint it? And you've just given that person a real gift. That person's not thinking about their pain anymore, but they're helping you. Oh yeah, I'll come over and help you paint your place. Sure. That's the way to help them as opposed to like being supportive. Yeah. That's brilliant. And also so simple. And you're right, it's so paradoxical. Allow, give someone else the permission to help you when you're helping them at the same time. That's yeah, lovely. yeah. And it's so easy for them to do. Not, it's not easy for them to do, but they will do it. And by the way, my friend, if I had had the time that day, I could have asked her for help. If I'd been a little, if I'd thought about it that day, yeah. you know, when I said, go take care of someone, if I'd been just a little more present in the moment, you could. Have said, I, I actually was. I was actually busy. It was the day before Christmas. I had some shopping to do, and um, I could have said, "You know what? Doggone it! I could have said, you know what? Listen, I got some last-minute shopping. Can you go out and help me? I mm -hmm. could really use your advice." And she would have said, "I'm sure she would have said, yeah, I'll do that," because I did have to do that. It just didn't. Doggone it! Eh. Oh, I love this, Adam. I would really like to dive into your Slumdog Millionaire story because I have, I would say, come out of 18 months of of 
hardcore challenges that felt like they weren't stopping and I'm not sure if anyone who's listening can relate but you know when you just feel that you're kind of at the edge of mm-hmm. um, the sea and you've got a bodyboard and you're trying to kind of get into the sea but you just can't get in because the waves are like bang 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 anyway life has been a little bit like that for me and I sat down with Adam and I just said Adam when is it gonna stop and he told me the story and it just was one of those things that has taken so much stress away um, on hearing it. So, Adam, I'd love for everyone else so to hear it. So, know this. In other words, don't believe it or have faith in it. Know this, that everything in your life, good and bad, random event and things you had planned for, everything, every course you ever took, every... Um, interview you ever got turned down for, every good date, bad date, everything, everything has perfectly prepared you for who you have to be in the world and for the world right now. We were talking about Slumdog Millionaire, and, and that's such a beautiful parable. If you view it as a parable, and if some of you have seen it, and if you haven't, go watch it. And if you saw it before, watch it again. And watch for it as a as a parable for life. And in it, we, we have this boy who's, these actually two brothers who are orphaned at a very young age and they go through the worst in India and they go through the worst times. Say the younger brother is five at the time they're orphaned and the, other, the older brother is seven. And the younger brother, the five-year-old, has a crush on a five-year-old girl. But they've lost their mother. They have no one in the world and they are immediately set upon by criminals and you know, the worst kind of predators, and they have to live by their wits. And so the little boy, the five-year-old, the hero of the story, is separated from his love, his little five-year-old girl, who's also on her, like she's got to survive somehow. And through the years, um, they have these just awful experiences trying to survive in a really tough world. And uh, the older brother decides pretty early on, I will do whatever I have to do to save my younger brother. And he goes over to the dark side, takes up a life of crime. He'll do whatever it takes to support his younger brother. And that's bad. And um, anyway, at the age of 12 now, seven years later, the younger brother, by chance, meets his love, the little girl at the age of five. But they're separated again. And, and time goes on. He's now, I think, 18 or 19 and he gets reunited with her again. And he's almost like this is the love of his life. And and his own brother, who's taken up a life of crime, steals his love away into trafficking, bad stuff. And he's heartbroken. And he gets a chance, I'm using air quotes now, by coincidence, to be on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And the only reason he wants to be on the show is to find, he thinks maybe... Maybe, maybe his love will see him on the show. Maybe. He doesn't want the money. He doesn't even think he'll get the money because no one's ever won the show. And on the show, it's totally rigged. It's really clear that the producer of the show is going to ask questions no one in their life would ever be able to answer because it's his money and he's not a nice guy, the producer of the show. And this guy, the hero of the, of the movie all the random experiences in his life just happened to be the key pieces of information that answered the questions the guy answered and he won the million dollars and is 
and his childhood sweetheart saw him on the show and was united. And what was amazing about the movie is that this show, which was rigged against him, just like his whole life was rigged against him, all these random experiences he had gave him key pieces of information that paid off. Think of them like in a video game, magic coins. And you need five magic coins or whatever to open up the treasure chest. And he was given it. That's life. Everything in life is giving you key pieces of information and relationships. And you never know when the path is going to be. He didn't know like that that was going to happen. This, like, the, so it was actually rigged for him. It was totally rigged for him. It's up to us to, to create the explanation for why they did something. Why anything or anyone happens. It's up for us to choose. For example, our little dog, Max, who expected everyone to lean down and pet him. I'm sure when someone doesn't lean down, little Max is thinking, oh, that person's so shy, he can't bring himself to pet me. <laughs> like, it's up to us. Like, we don't know. I just speculate. Yeah. But like, And so it's up to us to, to interpret everything. And, and I know I choose um, always to put a positive spin because it's, it's my choice. Anyway, I'm not thinking about it too long because I'm in search of the next elixir. Always. Right? I don't have any time to be worried about this person who said no. I'm immediately in search of the next person who will say yes. And it's not easy. It's not easy to do that, especially when you're in pain. But it's a reflex that you can train yourself to do because you don't realize it. We've all trained ourselves to do the opposite. We've trained ourselves to think about ourselves and all the behavior patterns which just aren't really serving us. And so you got to do something different and easy thing, an easy first step. Not so easy. And if you're in pain, it's not easy. Go take care of someone. And that right there will be a real big shift. And and again, if you want to take care of someone and that person is in real need, ask the person for help. <laughs> help that person. You've helped yourself. And, and who knows what magic will come from that. And I think also your last point, which is even when the challenges feel like unsensical, know that they are leading to your slum dog millionaire moment. Right. You just never know. Why the things are happening. And you have to keep leaning in going, oh, It's wow. happening for me. It's, it's happening, happening for, me. for you. Yeah. And... And because you don't know. So you may as well just decide, yeah, I got rejected from that. Good. I wonder what better opportunity is coming. So to finish, um, please, can you finish the sentences? The best piece of advice I've been given was? <laughs> advice I gave myself. Focus on others. That's really the key. If you want to do anything in the world, it's got to be through and with others others. First thing in the morning, I... I sit with a pad of paper and a pen waiting. The waiting can be anywhere from 15 minutes to 30 minutes for any answers I receive from a question I posed the night before. So every night since I was a boy, I go to sleep and I pose a question to the universe or to God, depending on the question as I'm falling asleep. And the next morning, I wait to see if I get any answers. 
Now, so what sort of questions? Big questions. It could be a question like a way to solve a, a problem, but big questions, questions that I am not going to get to by rational means, by logic or deduction. I ask the universe. I ask God. So, the person I love most in the world is? Wow. Oh, that's a toughie. I'm taken aback because I don't know that there's a, a most. Okay. If I could do it all again, I would. Nothing different. It's every mistake I've ever made, everything, you know, every detour, every, you know, failure, everything has perfectly prepared me for who and whom I have to be in the world and for the world at this moment now. So I wouldn't change a damn thing. Of course not. I Listen, I wouldn't have wished it on anyone, but I wouldn't change a thing. I define happiness by? Being fully engaged in the moment. And in the moment, it's always the task at hand or, or the other person in front of me. And I'm so busy thinking about that, I'm not even aware of whether I'm happy or not. If you really knew me, you would know. See, the thing is, I don't really even know myself. So, my birthday's coming up, March 21st. Those of you who want to send presents and <laughs> <laughs> odes to Adam uh, that you've penned. So, I think what I'm going to do on my birthday, there are a few things I want to do. A few of my friends who are like preparing something for me, I have no idea what it is. Anyway, what I'd like to do is ask everyone there, what do you know about me and what does everyone know about Adam that Adam doesn't know? Yeah, so that question, if someone really knew me, they would know. I don't have the answer to that because I don't know myself. I don't see myself because I'm, I'm looking outward. So I don't know what people would know about me. They okay. probably know more about me than I do. Adam, thank you so much for this particularly insightful interview. It's just been such a pleasure to have you here and I learned so much and thank you for teaching me for now for two years. It really just kind of endless teaching and I just feel so privileged to, to be able to uh, learn from you and thank you for sharing your wisdom with everyone today. How can people find you? Um, is Twitter the best? Well, Twitter or, or I, I'm not really on Instagram, but I mean, I'm sort of both. I am Adam Robinson. I am Adam Robinson. He's a fantastic tweeter. He tweets wisdom out every single day. So I couldn't recommend more. And when Adam's books are finally published, because they are, I've read first drafts and I can't tell you, like, express more. They're so good. Okay, so wait. I'll, uh, so I'll announce here for the first time. So I'm having three books out this year. So one, An Invitation to the Great Game. And then uh, How Not to Be Stupid. And uh, Warren and Charlie's bedtime story. We're coming up. They're coming up this year. Yeah. Um, we'll do another episode when they are finally launched, because yeah. then we can, then we can get very excited about those and talk about those sticks of book, books in detail. Yay! And um, thank you, Adam. Massive appreciation. Yay, Papi! Yay! Hey. Thank you. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Of course, it would be amazing and very appreciated if you wouldn't mind hitting subscribe and sharing this podcast. You can find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram. DM me questions or any guest suggestions. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you have a moment, download Happy Not Perfect. It's my mindfulness app that helps you manage stress, anxiety, sleep, 
and ultimately makes you feel happier every single day in less than five minutes. See you next time. Sending you lots of love and energy. Till then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.